Hey, what's up? It's Wednesday, March 2nd, and you're listening to episode 48 of the Chasing Points podcast, your weekly honest dive into the world of sports. What's going on? My name is Sam. I'm Brandon, the guy that pushes the button to record and waits for Sam to uh, speak. How's everybody doing? What happens, man? (laughs) You say, are you ready? And I say, I'm ready. And then you hit record, and then this message pops up to tell us that we're recording and it totally screws up my flow and it's been like 20 episodes of like still haven't had figured out a word still haven't figured it out (laughs) and i'm like i can't and then i'm hitting the enter button and it won't i have to click on it my hat was falling off it was a mess man yeah you're can't wait till we get get together can't wait till we get on youtube and the people can see us (laughs) i can't wait for it either hot mess express what's up man how are you hayes i'm uh you know, just brought my tea literally for this because uh, there's a bunch of tea. So I'm Ooh, ready for today. Tea today. I mean, it seems like we are about the MLB and NBA and NFL. Yeah. Anything you know? new happening in the world of sports? <laughs> I, I mean, take I'm, a honest dive. I'm pretty sure that you have a lot to dive into when it comes to MLB. So it's I'm just giving everybody a fair warning. Sam is you might see Sam in rare form today. So. It's just I'm just warning. I'm a little upset today. Just, just a uh, little. Yeah, a little upset. I'm very okay. upset. OK, I'm, thank you. I'm very upset. Okay, thank you. Um, Today is Tuesday, the March 1st. As we're recording this, you'll hear this tomorrow, the second. And at five o'clock was a uh, re- revised deadline for Major League Baseball to get a collective bargaining agreement together before they start canceling games. Well, after meeting for 16 hours on Monday, you figure there was some momentum and ways to go. And Hayes, it, it, to no avail, right? We've, we've lost the first two series of the year, which, you know, we're both Yankee fans. So we'll just say that the March 31st to April 3rd series against the Rangers and the April 4th through the 6th against the Astros canceled. Both road series. I know the Mets are losing games at home to the Braves and the Nationals. Um, not what you want, especially, you know, uh, in this time and age where we live in now, where we're all just secluded into our homes and need sports. So uh, I don't know. Uh, you, you got any initial thoughts on everybody listening? I'm going to apologize on the behalf of Sam. Um, and apologize on the intro that I gave to Sam because I thought Sam was going to go off and he just gave you a light little burn on this. Oh, one. I'm not I done. Thought Sam was just going to cuss the MLB out. So I'll do what Sam, what I thought Sam was going to do. So I'm going to pick it up from my guy here. Uh, MLB, Ouch. get your shit straight. Um, yeah, Sam, I got you. Don't worry. I got your back. That's what I'm here for. Get it right. Get this done. Get this agreement over the facts that we're losing two series, which is equivalent to 90 games. Is what we're losing in totality already to start the season off is a disgrace. Sam has come on here several times talking about all the nonsense and back and forth of the MLB and this lockout and, and all this nonsense, and they still cannot get this right. Um, which why, before I continue my question to Sam here is, who do you blame more? The players, the MLB, or you think it's 50-50? I blame everyone because we are the lo- we are the losers here. Okay. And we are the ones that are stuck without baseball. I, you know, like, it's really easy to just be like, it's the billionaire owners. Um, but I really just blame Rob Manfred at this point. Because I, I mean, that's he, he chose to lock the, the players out on December 1st or whenever it was. He chose not to negotiate for 40 freaking days. He chose to cancel spring games. He chose to set this deadline where now it's impacting regular season. But the fact that he did not, the the union and the player, uh, the union and the owners did not meet for 40 days to negotiate this all throughout the winter. And they finally, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not in the room. I, I'm just really sad sports fan on the outside who's got a podcast but like this like we're the ones that lost here man like who's to blame like you know we're just it yeah i'm just gonna blame the owners because 
they have more money and they're not willing to budge on like the luxury tax and a couple other things. Um, they've tried to break up this, this players union who's shown time and time again, how strong they are. Um, but I can't have Rob. I don't know if you saw the, the press conference. I did. Um, I listened to it on the radio, mm-hmm. um, but then I saw it and Rob Manfred's freaking laughing. Like, it's not a joke. This is the same dude that called the World Series trophy a piece of metal. Yep. Like, no. Yeah, it is. I guess it is. And an an adamant object. Sure. It's a piece of metal. But dude, it's it's called the commissioner's trophy. Like, it's 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 why we play the game. It's why they play the game. I was about to say it's what makes you billions of dollars. <laughs> yeah. I, I reti- I'm retired. Okay. Noted. Noted. I just want to also note that Sam started off and saying that we were the real losers and said he didn't want to blame the owners or anything like that and went back to blame the owners because that's exactly where I'm at, Sam. So I'm glad you went back because I know where yeah. your heart really is. Hold Sorry. on. I know where I'm your heart really place. is. Yeah. Know it's at, and it's the owners. Um, And I normally blame the owners because they're always looking for the bigger buck and not to lose on their profit. I mean, they're in business to gain profit. And that part I, I completely understand. But when you have the workers uh, who are the players, who are the actual reason people come into the stands, not the owners, and you're not meeting them from what it seems to even be close to halfway, uh, it makes it impossible. Um, Tony Clark said that this was uh I don't want to misquote him, but it was so perfect. But basically, this is uh, warfare that they're using. Uh, and this is their only tactic that they could use at this point. Uh, as Sam mentioned, there's been several uh, several gaps. We've talked about it on other previous podcasts, most recent podcasts about how they met for five hours and nothing came about. Uh, there is periods of time that the uh, the MLB, uh, what is it, uh, why can't I think of it? The Players Association, PA, put in documentation super early to get this ball rolling. And the MLB didn't, did not get back to them the 30 or 40 days and several times. So it's hard for me not to blame the MLB when you don't contact back. And when Manafort gets on national TV, knowing everybody's paying attention to this because they know they're not having two series to start the season, which is 90 games to missed that the attention is going to be on him and to laugh. Now, if I remember correctly, Sam or not, isn't his background a labor un- a labor law guy, union guy? Yeah, he's a lawyer, but he's okay. he's been in the past negotiations with the CBA. He was like Bud Selig's like negotiating guy. Mm-hmm. He took a lot of pride in the fact that he negotiated past deals. Now his job is to work for the the um owners. The owners but he should have the best interest of baseball. He should, but uh, I think everybody is shares the same sentiment that he's essentially watching baseball die under his, his leadership under his, his term. Um, and I wouldn't even call it leadership because there's nothing positive about this. Um, but under his term, it's literally started to the analytics analytics has taken over way too much. And we're getting analytics from people that don't don't even play the game. It's all about uh, stats. When you're pulling out pitchers in the game uh, due to uh, what the numbers say, instead of actually letting the guy play through, um, baseball is on a decline. And if you're not at the game, it's truly hard for me to sit down and watch uh, a game. And being diehard, uh, as Sam mentioned, diehard Yankee fans, uh, honestly, I can probably tell you maybe I watched five full games last season at home. Personally, uh, it's hard to watch now and, and see everything that's going on. And also with the shortened seasons, um, it, everything's pretty much been open. All other sports are playing full seasons. Why is the MLB still being subjected to shorter seasons, Sam? I don't get it. I don't understand it. Uh, but something needs to change. It needs to change fast. Um, it's truly a travesty that, that I'm watching a game that I grew up playing and still love to go to be on this decline because 
there's no way around it. That's literally what it's on. And it may have started a little bit before Manfred, but it's definitely taking a huge plunge with him. Yeah, no, that's a great point, man. And we've we've said this um, for a while now, if you've been listening, like MLB has a marketing problem, has a PR problem. And they have some of the greatest young talent of any league, uh, all under 25, under 30 years old, marketable talent. And if Fernando Tatis walked into your place of business or Mike Trout or Max Scherzer or whoever, it would he'd go unnoticed. And now there's just a I just, you know. My, unfortunately, my kid's a little too young to know what he's missing kind of thing. And this is hopefully knock on wood here. This isn't going to be a season long thing, but like, I just feel bad for like the kids that really want to watch baseball because I know like I was a little too young in 94 with, with that lockout. But like, if that were to ha- happen to me in like the late nineties or to you, like, man, it like, I would be bummed, especially on top of everything else that's happening. And I'd be remiss too. Like we should have started with there, you know, there's a lot of other things that are more important in this world, especially going on overseas right now. And our hearts sure. are there. And um, I probably should have started there. Cause that's, it's really hard to focus on anything. We got a global pandemic. We got war unnecessarily violence and people dying. And um, we just want to, stay home and watch baseball and we can't even get that you know but you know that's a whole other ordeal but um i just i yeah. just hope they just get their shit straight yeah um, that's, it, that's, there's, there's that's no there's no way around it just get this done um so we can watch baseball uh i know this still doesn't leave uh just understanding and, and learning about this more and reading up on this uh, the reason, one of the reasons they're saying that they implemented uh, the lockout is so that there wasn't a strike and so that they didn't miss the World Series, as you alluded to, 94, right? Um, coming back now, they still can strike now uh, with the fact that games have been canceled. And I wouldn't be surprised if that happens, but I, they made a very, very good point. Um, I forgot the gentleman's name on ESPN, but he's like their lead baseball analyst or one Jeff of Passon. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Uh, he said something that that kind of hit home, uh, not kind of, it, it did hit home. Um, it's the fact that the players have all the power in this situation if they stay united as they have been this whole time. Now it's going to be interesting because games are canceled, which means now players are losing money. And when mm-hmm. players start losing money, then people start getting off of the whole group pack and start thinking individually about money, right? Uh, Tony Clark made a valid point as well. He said, while we're thinking of the bigger picture, not some people only get one opening day in Major League Baseball. And I'm, he said he was talking about the average player. He said some may only get four. Yeah, he said it's it's That's not. True. This is this is a this is something that people look forward to their whole entire life. And now this is gone because of essentially greed and not being able to, to be to able to compromise at some point. Um, don't know what you guys got to do, but I hope uh, cooler heads prevail. There's a difference between, and I'm not going to act like I'm in anybody's pocket here, but like Garrett Cole makes $36 million a year. And yep. um, I don't know. I'm thinking of, someone who like hasn't even hit arbitration yet. Like uh, the, the average minor, the average minor leaguer, right. That gets makes a 40, makes 25 man roster. And it's on opening day, as you mentioned, like, and, and makes $600,000 for, you know, maybe that's it. Maybe once that's a shot. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. It's um for what, what I say last podcast, 60% of major league baseball aren't millionaires. Like, like, yeah, it's still, it's still a, ton of money to to you and me and and whatnot but like that's it like Garrett Cole Freddie Freeman these guys have been making money for a long time like they can withstand this but you're right what what's going to happen when the majority of these players need to pay their rent need to pay their bills 
you just support their family the way they've been supporting him. It's going to be interesting. Well, so, hopefully, hopefully teammates step up to the plate and help out, yeah. especially the Garrett Coles of the world. And as you mentioned, they have these massive deals. Hopefully they're helping the little guys out uh, that, you know, are trying to make the team or made the team and, and, you know, need to make ends meet. Hopefully they do that because they again, keep... we're stronger in numbers. And I think if people realize that overall, uh, a lot of things could actually change for sure. They they keep saying that they're doing this for the younger players and the younger generation yeah. of players. So like, yeah. we'll see here, but uh, Bob Nightingale of USA today, who I've been following his Twitter account for years, but the last he's been like in the rooms almost like, and, um, and he basically said that uh, there's a, a possibility that negotiations could start again on Thursday, but um the union reminded everyone that major league baseball said it was their best and final offer that was submitted at four o'clock. So mm-hmm. we'll see. You're right. Just get your shit together. Let's play baseball. Let's, let's get spring training. Let's sign these players. Like <laughs> can you imagine, like, I, again, I know it's like you put it in context, but like some of these guys don't even know where they're going to be playing in a month from now. If the, if baseball did come back like tomorrow, yeah. you know, it's just wild to know, like, to live that lifestyle, but that's, you know, you know what you're getting into. Speaking of knowing what you're getting into, you would think when you become the CEO of the Miami Marlins, you'd know what you were getting yourself into, but you have an outfield of Christian Yelich, John Carlos Stanton, Marcelo Zuna, and a decent farm system. And now yesterday it was announced that uh, hall of famer, and um, all around Capitan, right? Uh, Derek Jeter stepping down as CEO shareholder of the Miami Marlins. Um, reports that even ESPN's hire, uh, looking into hiring him. But still, what were your thoughts on uh, on DJ's tenure with the Marlins, and uh, what would you like to see him do next? My first thoughts were, how the hell did he last that long after yeah, right? he got rid of all? that outfield that he had uh you got rid of a didn't Yelich become an mvp after that yep okay you got stan who's who's was eh, but has turned it around in the last two or three years with the yankees um and who was the other one ozuna or yeah. who was it right marcelo ozuna, yeah. yeah so <laughs> you had all that going on and you got rid of it and as sam brought to my t- attention very very clearly they got absolutely nothing in return for it, um, which is so mind blowing that most GMs would lose their job after that the following year. Or if you got nothing back in return, I just don't understand how DJ kept it. And I think it's just only off of the clout that I guess they thought people would sign maybe because of him. Um, I don't know what they thought, but his tenure was lackluster. It, yeah, it's, it seems like they were going in different directions, right? Yeah. Like he wanted to go one way. Maybe he wanted to open the pocketbooks up and and management didn't. I'm not really sure, um, but it's kind of fishy, man. Uh, no pun intended. I did not mean that at all. <laughs> you should have just said pun intended. It was even better. Um, yeah, apparently per what he said, um, I'll, I'll read this line, which is talking about exactly what you said. Uh we had a vision five years ago to turn the Marlins franchise around. And as CEO, I have been proud to put my name and reputation on the line to make our plan reality through hard work and trust and accountability. Uh, we transform every aspect of the franchise, reshaping workforce and developing a long-term strategy, our strategic plan for success. This is the part that stood out to me the most. That said, the <laughs> vision for the future of the franchise is different than the one I signed up to lead. Now is the right time for me to step aside as a new season begins. So that line, that paragraph says everything to me. They were going in two different directions, but like you said, Sam, what were the directions? What did he want to do? What did the franchise want to do? Because in those five years, I don't remember seeing the Marlins do not a damn thing except for be at the bottom of the barrel pretty much every year. So not quite sure what, what has happened there. You got to start somewhere, I guess. 
Yeah, I guess. Re- you, you, I just wonder, like, you know, he's not, he's not the general manager. He's not the one making these trades, but at the, there was a trade too, like Zach Gallen, who's a, now a pitcher for the Diamondbacks, mm-hmm. was traded for uh, Jazz Chisholm, who's a very dynamic middle infielder. But like that trade didn't make any sense to me. But now the Miami Marlins have a pretty good rotation coming up, right? Like they have so if you're in the prospect world, I know you're in the prospect world in basketball. I'm in the prospect world in baseball. Like mm-hmm. Edward Cabrera, Sixto Sanchez. Um, Max Meyer that I just drafted in that dynasty league I was telling you about. Um, There's, there's, you know, uh, Sandy Alcantara, Pablo Lopez already on Trevor Rogers on the major league roster, like for what it's traded away, it it does have some pieces. This team could be formidable in the next few years. I just wonder if like he, I, I really think like he wanted to continue to like spend and like, the, the Marlins are just fine collecting revenue checks and, you know, being the Marlins. Well, I guess, I guess new owners say Marlins. Marlins. Yeah. Huh? New, new owners say Marlins. I mean, it probably, it could be, you could change around. This could be the change. I mean, but you have that, uh, what looks to be a beautiful uh, stadium down there in Miami and it's, no one goes it's to. there's nothing, nobody goes to it at all. Right. So, um, and you would say, I mean, you see what happens in Miami basketball, see what happens with Miami football. Right. So, um, and I mean, dolphins and I mean the, U. so people show up and show out for that. They don't show out for baseball like they used to. And they, they used to show out for the Marlins when it was different logo, different, uh, stadium, but, uh, things have changed and, and has not been the best. And I honestly feel, uh, everything started going downhill when they lost, um, What's the pitcher's name? I can't think of his name. Yeah. Um, Jose Fernandez. Fernandez, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, was who was an exceptional talent? Um, but it all started going downhill after that. And I pray they can turn around because I I have a soft spot for the Marlins. I've always liked their their jerseys, minus these new ones. I hate them. Um, but I I like the people that have come out of there. And hopefully they can turn that around. But let's uh Let's jump into my, you know, one of my favorite things to talk about that we neglected pretty much all football season. Uh, basketball, NBA. We should just call it Ja Morant's court season. Ja season. This is Ja Morant on Monday dropped 52 points against the Spurs destroyed Yaki Pirtle with a massive dunk dead just killed him yes and then before halftime catches a full court lob from Steven Adams in the air and sinks it on a pump fake Ja is the most entertaining basketball player to watch right now. Don't care what anybody says. He is that. That is him. Um, I've been saying it for a while. I said it in that draft. Whoever got Ja was getting the best player in that draft. Guess and what? I, yeah, I said last week I could care less about the Knicks getting Zion. I was mm-hmm. pissed that we didn't get the second pick in the draft because he's this kid's that special. He and is. we're seeing it. He is. You you could have seen it in college. It was very, yeah. very clear in college what he was doing there and dominating. And he continued to do that here. Now he's putting it all together. And the best part about his game that people don't talk about it because of all the highlights is his defense is just as good as his offense. And that is the best part of what I love to see him because he turns that defense into offense and that makes him so, so, so dangerous. So, uh, my question is, I know what my answer is, but I'm curious to see what you think. Is he in the driver's seat of the MVP race at this point in time? What do you think? I think uh, I think so. I think he turned a lot of heads and made, you know, the bandwagons getting full after last night. He had a whole, like, season worth of highlights in he one did. game, man. 
posterizing dunk, like a beautiful shot from like almost half court. And then that, the, a, again, a beautiful pass too from Steven Adams, from a big man too, to inbound it like that. Well, um, Steven Adams is a phenomenal pass. Yeah. Oh, no. He's, yes. yeah, yeah. Oh, no. I know that. And I, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and, but yeah, that, that pump fake too, game winner or buzzer beater. Um, beautiful. Like a whole season worth of highlights just in, and then what's his third season? Like he's he's yeah, you nailed it, man. I, I love John Moran. I love watching him play. Um, is he in the driver's seat? Yeah, maybe. Uh the Grizzlies are winning too. You know, they're playing they're playing great basketball. They're third in the West. Yeah, that's so that's that phenomenal to say. <laughs> they're third um, in the West. Who who was before who was in the driver's seat before, would you say? Was it Embiid? Embiid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What what do you think? It started You've watched off a lot season. more basketball this year than I have. It started off the season as between Steph, uh, Steph and Kevin Durant. Then it was Kevin Durant for a while. Then it was Steph for a while. Then it uh, turned into Embiid, and it was Embiid for quite some time. But Ja quietly was doing his thing every single game. Um, and I think Ja has pretty much taken control of all of this and said, you know what? Here I I am. Uh, If you thought I was playing, uh, I'm not. And he is the best young point guard in the league. So that discounts, that puts, he's not in the same category as Steph, Dame, Kai, none of those people. I'm saying he's the best young and the future point guard of the NBA. So get used to it. Uh, One of my buddies actually said he kind of gives me flashes of Derrick Rose and how explosive he was. And I said, please don't ever say that again because I never want to see Ja get hurt. Um, <laughs> that's the first thing that came to my mind when he said Derrick Rose is like, ah, injuries, no, run away. Yeah. Um, but if he can stay healthy, uh, he's going to have a Hall of Fame career. Uh, but I think right now it's him. Uh, and I think, and I know Allen Iverson also said he should have that. So he's he's given his uh, his his vote of encouragement for it. Uh, him and Ja have had a little back and forth. I also really love what AI is doing with the younger generation. Uh, Giannis actually approached him over uh, all-star break and told him, he was like, you know, you're the reason I started playing basketball. He said, I watched your documentary. He said, Jordan inspired you to play and you inspired me to play. So I'm glad Iverson's still able to get his flowers while he's here. Um, But yeah, that's a huge, a huge, huge, huge person to have in your corner. Uh, and hopefully the voters take heed to that. Um, now, we talked about the trade heard around the world. Is what I'm going to call it. Uh, <laughs> the James Harden, Ben Simmons trade. Yes, there's other pieces in there. James has played two games with the Sixers. Thus far, Ben has played none with the Nets. And James Harden's two games so far, he's had 25 plus points and 10 plus rebounds. And in the second game, he had a triple double 16 assists, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wild. So it was, I think it was 27, 10 and 16, uh, that second game. So right now to me, obviously, because Ben hasn't played the Sixers are winning this trade, but I, I mean, there's still time left. The nets are currently playing right now against the Raptors to be, the seventh seed and try to work their way up to the sixth seed. Uh, so they don't have to worry about the uh, playing game. Uh, seeing how Harden has played so far with Joel Embiid, do you think they are the team to beat in the Eastern conference? Yes. Okay. Maybe. Okay. No, uh, I don't know. I won't, I won't say that yet. Those two games looked really good. The pick and roll. They're that what they each do, they do so well. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could just tell Embiid's energized, Harden's actually looks like he wants to be there, but um, yeah, the pick and roll game is strong. I don't know, I feel like they, I feel, I still feel like Philly depleted themselves a lot. Um, Drummond, Seth Curry, who's looking like his brother the last couple days. Um, in that backcourt with his with his old uh, buddy Kyrie, um, I, but they're where are they right now? Are they 
were they in the conference? I don't have a standing. Oh, the Nets? No, the Sixers. I think they're third or fourth. No, I think they're. I'm pulling it up. This is great podcasting. They are third. It's Heat, Bulls, and uh, Sixers are 37 and 23. I don't know who the team to beat is, but they're they're fun to watch. Can I say that? They are fun to watch. I um, I think if we just went right now and it ended, or you know, the regular season ended right now, um, I think they would be the team to beat. Um. But I'm really, really, really intrigued to see when Ben plays and what he does and if they would gel in time. KD is coming back uh, soon. So that's going to be a very interesting dynamic to have. And if they somewhat get some type of cohesion going into the playoffs, so help me God, I still think they're the team <laughs> to beat. Um, it's, it's, you have the best player in the world right now, which is Kevin Durant. Um, you have Seth Curry, as you mentioned. You have Kyrie, who is arguably the best ball handler in the ball handler in the world, and I would give it to him hands down. Um, you got Ben Simmons, who is one of the best two way players in the league. Uh, I, I give the edge to Clay uh, because he can shoot the lights out, but they both can guard anybody on the court at any point in time and shut them down and shut your best player down. So Ben, Ben, um, you mean? I said Ben Eng. Ben, yeah, so they're the, the top two two way players. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, so I, it'll be interesting because I, I think one of the things that people keep forgetting about Ben is he's one of the best passers in the league too. <laughs> he's one of the best ball handlers in the league for a guy his size. Uh, it's it's ridiculous the way in the way he can move with the ball. So I it's it's hard to see. I don't want to discount the Bulls, but I don't. I truly I said it when Harrison and Dame are on here. I don't, they look great and I'm so happy to see them relevant again and the moves that they made in the offseason. But I think come playoff time, the Bulls are going to get bounced a little bit earlier than they expected. But we'll, we'll see. Um, and also with the Bucks, I don't know. I think they're going to miss PJ. Uh, and I think they're going to miss uh, Brooke if Brooke can come back healthy, um, which we'll see about that too. But no love for the Heat. I, I do have love for the Heat, but I don't know. I don't know. Like they, they have a, a Hall of Fame head coach. They have my boy. They have phenomenal defense between Bam, Jimmy, uh, shit, their whole starting lineup. <laughs> I just started thinking about it. It was like Kyle Lowry, uh, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, <laughs> the PJ Tucker. Yeah, they just have a crazy, and then they have shooters. So I think they can. I think they can make some noise. Um, but I also I think they'll go a little bit further than the Bulls. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I guess we can never go a podcast without talking about the NFL. I'm going to go into the NFL Combine. Hey, the NFL Combine started uh, this week in Indianapolis, Lucas Oil Stadium. Um, do you watch the Combine at all? Do you like? I do sit there, and I, I really I'm as much as I love the NFL draft, and you know I do. I don't like find my like it's not appointment watching for me. I'll put it on if I have nothing to do. It's background noise for me um, most yeah. of the times. But I like I like seeing my favorite part of the combine is watching uh, corners, um, DBs, uh, a DBs sprint, and then also DBs playing coverage. Like that's what I like to see. Uh, who the next shutdown person? Like wide receivers, whatever. Like you just run freely. And do what you got to do. There's nothing, nobody out there stopping you. Of course, you can look great, but I'm, I'm watching DBs to see their footwork and see how they do because that's just a passion of mine. But uh, at, outside of that, doing the you know shuttle drill and and bench pressing, like I care less about that. Sam, <laughs> like, I really could care yeah. less about it. The forty stuffs, the forty stuffs, like cool. That's I the guess, best like, part of it, honestly. Yeah, and uh, just to see who like. The fast dudes are. Then you get Rich Eisen in a suit. That's always <laughs> fun. Eisen, he does it for Rich charity. Like, out here. Yep. Yeah. My guy. Um, anybody that you're looking forward to seeing, if you're watching this at all, seeing how they do, well, if they raise their drafts, uh, draft stock. Yeah. I mean, the just on a personal, um, you know, a personal note, the Jets have two first round picks in the top 10. Giants have two in the top seven. Um, you know, so 
I have a feeling that they'll be very uh they're gonna do it in the trenches, offensive line, defensive line, or or some in the secondary at least too. I'll be you need um some help there. So it'll be interesting to see like uh, you know, I don't know who's like partic I know a lot of players don't participate or run at the combine, they do it at pro days and stuff, but like you know, Derek Stingley uh Jr., the corner from LSU looks just phenomenal. My favorite uh, player in the draft. Yeah. The, the kids, the kid had a great college career, you know, got hurt, cut short a little bit, but um, you know, you have the pass rushers, which I don't think the Jets will be able to get at four, Thibodeau or or uh Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan, but um Kyle Hamilton too. Drafting another safety in the top the top of the draft scares me, but you know, um Hamilton's special. Jamal Adams was special and he's super special now because he's getting us the 10th overall pick <laughs> and Elijah Vera Tucker last year. So thank you, Jamal. You're the gift that keeps on giving. Um, but yeah, I'd really like, I'd really like the jet. I would not mind if the jets went, um, you know, pass rush and or offensive line or uh, someone in the secondary for sure. What about you? What, what stands out? The top well, of the, draft the Eagles have the 15th and 16th pick. Um, I forgot their third pick uh, in the first round. Oh, the 19th pick. I'm sorry. Um, that's lovely. Uh, but they got my boy, N'Kobe Dean, linebacker from Georgia, uh, is slated to drop to them. If they get that, I will be the happiest person, uh, period, because they can get that. And they also have uh, Andrew Booth Jr. from Clemson right after. So going defense is definitely what they need to do. Look at you uh, mock drafting. Huh? You know, look at you mock just, drafting. Just, just trying, just trying. You know what I mean? But um, I, I don't offensively, I think the Eagles are fine. I think they just need a couple pieces, which I think they can get. And if they trade that 19th pick, I wouldn't be mad if they trade that 19th pick for, you know, uh, a person that played in Alabama with Jalen Hurts and Devonta Smith that plays for the Falcons that doesn't really want to play with the Falcons anymore wide receiver extremely fast i mean you may know him sam maybe ridley or something like that um i would love that you know what i mean so they can just take the top off of uh, a defense and then have that uh dallas goddard destroy people underneath uh but i'm interested to see because they are definitely in talks or waiting to see what happens to to uh russell wilson and I know they would definitely mortgage off uh, at least one of those first round picks to try to get him, uh, especially being that they're in the top 20 with all three of their picks. So I guess we'll just have to see. But uh, I'm, I'm interested to see if because right now on, on the mocks, I see uh, for most of them I've seen is, is Matt Coral uh, from Ole Miss going to the commanders. And I'm really interested to see if that's the route that they take. I'm also interested to see what the Steelers do. Being that Big Ben is gone. Um, they have Malik Willis. That's the that's the young black kid, right? The quarterback from Liberty. Yeah, that's the one that started raising eyebrows in the Senior Bowl. Um, so, I mean, I guess we'll see what happens with that. Uh, I'm also interested to see what the Bucks do now that Tom's gone. I know they have their quarterback that they drafted from Florida last year, Kyle um, Trask. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna call him Kyle Trash until he proves me wrong. Wow. Uh, proves me right. Um, but yeah. We'll, we'll go from there. All right. But uh, yeah, that's that's all I'm really interested to see. But I do want to see what Thibodeau does. Definitely want to see what Thibodeau does uh, and Stingley if they both are performing. So, yeah. That what a breakdown from you. you know I just went about. local here and I'm the draft guy and you just you just crushed me. I love well, NFL draft. So I'm, yeah. I'm no, I know you do. I know you do. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll get our, our buddy Dave on on to to break down the draft too. Um, sure. Those are always, those are always fun conversations. And I, I know you got a bone or two to pick with them too. So. <laughs> uh, God, would you I'm... trade, would you trade those three draft picks for Russell Wilson? Hell no. Would you trade two of them? No, I'd trade one and I'd trade one in Jalen. I don't think that's good. Yeah. If I'm the if I'm the Seahawks, I take that. I, I don't I know would. if the Eagles would. 
I would. I mean, if the Eagles are trying to keep Jalen and as their backup, I, I mean, you got to think about it. Is it does Jalen want to stay there and play behind Russ after he started and got them to the playoffs and he got to the Pro Bowl? Like, it's gonna be hard to put somebody on the bench after they just did that. Right? Oh no, so, I think the move is getting rid of Jalen if you're gonna bring in. Oh yeah, you someone gotta, of that you have to. Yeah. yeah, you have you to. Have to. Yeah. Because it's, it's just going to cause it's going to be basically what happened with him and Wentz. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's going to be not a video game. You just, yeah, you can't keep yeah. these guys just sitting on the bench. Kind just, of thing. He's got to go at that point. But I mean, one one first round in Jalen. Sure. For for Russell, that's fine. I mean, the only thing that scares me is that he's getting older and Jalen's young. Right. That's the thing yeah. that scares me. Right. And obviously, I know Jalen is not. Russ but it doesn't mean he can't evolve and be as good as him or better than him. And he's really young and he's been a winner, a winner everywhere he's gone. So they have a tough yeah. choice to make. That's all I have to say on that one. We'll see. It's, uh, it's almost uh free agency period and announcements from a Aaron and we'll see what the, the Russell Wilson drama unfolds how it unfolds because apparently he's deleting stuff from his twitter and he's playing that game so yeah hey a lot uh, of qb controversy him uh deshaun watson kyler murray yeah Aaron Rodgers. yeah it's a it's a lot of qb situations going on right now and premium qbs at that yeah and a lot of teams need qbs Mm -hmm. Um, panthers steelers you mentioned for Um, sure be interesting Hey, you, uh, anything going on in the UFC corner this weekend? Mm. I know it's pay-per-view this weekend. Uh, is that the one with uh, Covington? I don't think so. Is that this weekend? I, hope I think not. so. Let's see. Covington, March 4th, Montreal. right? That is March 5th. Wow. That is, that is, oh. wow. I, I slacked on that one. Wow. Um, I caught you I just prepared. That's not I, like you. <laughs> and I that that is I just hope Jorge Masvidal just punches Kobe Covington's face into the mat over and over and over again. But my betting self says take Kobe Covington because he has a ground game and a stand-up game. And Masvidal does not have a ground game, he just only has a standing game. So this fight is going to be very interesting because they used to be training partners and best of friends, and they're not anymore. They hate each other. So that will be a brawl. Um, Rafael Dos Santos and then Renato Mosia, Mo, Mo, oh, Moicano. I couldn't even say tongue twister. Um, I definitely, definitely, definitely believe Dos Anjos is going to win that one. I, yeah, he's, he's got to win that one. I pray he does. Uh, everything else on there, I can care less. I hope somebody punches Greg Hardy's face in on there too, but that's a whole nother thing. Um, and that's been the UFC core very, very quick because didn't realize the fight was Saturday. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to catch you off guard there. It's but okay. I did it on the fly, though. <laughs> crushed it. <laughs> UFC 272. Will Sam stay up to watch it? I'm going to go find out next week. I'm going to go. You will not. The odds are very, they're not looking good for you. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> what do we got next? Hey, uh, you want to play Do You Care? You know, I do. Let's go. Um, okay. Hey, uh, <laughs> the, the New York Giants and their new uh, GM, Joe Shane, formerly mm-hmm. the assistant GM of the Bills, said that they're willing to entertain calls for running back Saquon Barkley. Do you care? I know he's your boy. I do. I do. I love Saquon to death. One of my favorite running backs ever. Uh, but if at this point in time, he's like one of my favorite running backs ever in college because he really hasn't done anything in his NFL career outside of his like first two years. Um, health reasons. Um, I would love to see Saquon get out of New York. Love it. Obviously, you know, I would love to see him on the Eagles, but I know that's not going to happen. Um, I would love to see him out of the Giants because I feel like they have not taken care of him. Um, they also have a very, very spotty offensive line, which doesn't really help a running back get those, uh, you know, holes when the defense is in the backfield before you can even make a cut. It's pretty hard to try to do whatever you want to do. Um, but I hope he goes somewhere, uh, great. It'd be pretty crazy if he ended up in like Detroit 
and try to, and, you know, <laughs> I'm thinking about my boy, Barry Sanders, uh, just seeing how he moves and how he, they move together. So, but uh, I hope he gets traded. I truly, truly, truly does. I hope he gets you, a first start somewhere else. Do we feel like, and I'm a Saquon fan. Mm-hmm. I have him on my dynasty football team. Mm-hmm. He's missed a ton of games. Do we feel like a trade with a better line is just going to fix him? He just doesn't seem like the same kind of running. But I, and it's, it, it doesn't help when the box is stacked and they know you're running and he's not really a threat out of the backfield anymore. Um, they don't, th- I mean, when you have Jason Garrett, not throwing him the ball, I get it, but do, are we uh, just automatically just convinced that new scenery is going to fix Saquon Barkley? Depends on what team he goes to. Cause if I remember correctly, when he first came into the league, they still had OBJ on their team. Did they not? Yep. So you have OBJ on your team, you have Eli in your backfield, and you got Saquon in your backfield. So you have teams that have to respect what OBJ does at that point in time. You have Sterling Shepard on the opposite side. So you have to respect both of them. And then you have Saquon in the back with Eli throwing the ball. You couldn't load the box that way. So if you when you take away OBJ, Sterling Shepard really hasn't panned out to be anything and Eli's gone and you put Daniel Jones in there of course you're going to stack the box because it's like prove prove to me that you can throw the ball right right? so if he goes to a team that has other weapons that can take the attention off of him he's going to run all over teams but he has to land in a place like that like let's just say hypothetically speaking he lands in uh Aaron Rodgers comes back uh and he goes to Green Bay. I know that's not happening because they have Adam Jones. I'm just just saying. Aaron Jones. Yeah. Aaron Jones. I'm sorry. So have him go out there and have him run. What do you think would happen? You can't. Aaron Rodgers can pick you apart. He can get into Devontae Adams any anytime he wants to. What what do you think happens? Right. So you need something, a combo with a wide receiver that can take the top off. And you have to worry about uh shaning over him. So you can't load that box. And once you have that. I think that'd be a game changer right there in itself. So, uh, but else, if he goes to another team that's essentially built like the Giants, his career might be over. That's fair. Yeah, um, you know, I still think he's got something left in the tank. He's just not the same kind of player. Yeah, uh, that that he's was coming out or one rookie of the year, and I don't know if it's just he's just afraid of getting hurt. He's lost a step. I still think it's in there. Hopefully, you know, Brian Dayball, the new head coach of the Bills, has, uh, you know, cooked up a new scheme for him because he's, you know, I still believe he can be a dynamic player in this league for sure. Hey, uh, speaking of dynamic players in this league, that's what we call segue in the business. Green Bay Packers GM Brian Gutenkunz. Brian Gutenkunz. Continue because you were just making yourself look terrible. <laughs> you try saying that. Guten Kunz. Yeah, I said it right the second time. Yeah, not the first time. <laughs> Let's not clip that and use that again. No, I will use all of that. Probably put it on repeat. Uh, but yes, what about Brian? He uh, said that they haven't gotten any trade offers for Aaron Rodgers. Do I care? No. Yeah, do you care? <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah, I don't care either. I don't, I don't care, care about anything. I don't believe him either. Rogers. Hmm? Yeah, I don't believe him either. Yeah. I guess it's a new game. Do you believe him? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't believe him either. Um, yeah, there's no way. <laughs> there's no way that no teams are not interested in trading for Aaron Rodgers. But I'm sure they're also not trying to show their hand just to see what how this plays out because Aaron can do a lot of things before everything opens up. And I know he wants to, per what he said, uh, to get his decision out of the way so they can, you know, freeze up Devante and what they want to do, which is why they haven't franchise tagged him yet either. So, but I don't care anything that's happening in green Bay. I mean, let's be honest. Aaron Rodgers is there. He's one of the greatest QBs that we've ever seen throw a football uh, but outside of his one Super Bowl win and, and the three MVPs, I haven't seen him do anything 
that's worthwhile in a in a long time to be i take i take just you're right it is you're right sometimes (laughs) i agree with that point Sometimes I'd still want him to be my quarterback. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know anybody it's, that wouldn't want him to be your quarterback. It is kind of telling that he's only only has one ring mm-hmm. and hasn't been to a Super Bowl since. Um, but I, yeah, I agree with you. I really don't care what Aaron Rodgers does, and I also think he's made up his mind a year ago. Like, yeah. So, you know, I don't. We'll talk about it when he decides to publicly announce what he wants to do, but I hope that's the end of it. So what I, what I do care should have been, do you care if, if Aaron Rodgers can keep a relationship and then had all the tea for that? Because I mean, I think he can't, keep, I don't think he can keep, I think most of this drama stems back to his family is that he can't keep a relationship. And it's based off of that. Like people's roots affect them later on in life. That's why people go to therapy. Uh, and I think that his relationship has really tarnished how he treats certain situations. And uh, ever since he's been in the limelight, he's lost every single woman that he's ever been with. Uh, and now including his new fiance, well now not fiance. Um, yeah. So interesting. But yeah, if you asked me that, I would have had, uh, do you care for that in a deep dive, but I guess we'll save that for another episode. What we got Bonus next? Pod. Bonus yes. pod. Um Hey, the Lakers have lost nine of their last 13 and are falling apart at the seams, uh, arguing with fans and uh, mm-hmm. just making mental errors left and right. Do you care? I do because it's it's wasting LeBron um, and LeBron is averaging. What is it still? Twenty five a game uh, still doing his damn thing. And they're wasting him. He doesn't have many years left. Um, he's opened the door to basically leaving during all-star break. We've talked about that to potentially going back to Cleveland and definitely going wherever Bronny goes when he's drafted. Um, I think you just, I think they need, they needed to do something, but the contracts that they, they have have cornered them into this deep, dark pocket of the NBA that just doesn't look good for them. Russ is not Russ of old. I've been calling that for quite some time now. Mm-hmm. Um AD is, I also feel the same way about AD. AD can't stay healthy ever. That was in New Orleans. That's also here. Yes, we all know if he's healthy, he's he's a top five player easily. But since them winning in the bubble, he hasn't been healthy. He went right back to being his non-healthy self. Um, I don't know what he has to do. I don't know why he's always so hurt. Um I mean, maybe he should invest money into his body, a million dollars like LeBron does. Um, he needs to do something because he's broken every single single year. So I have a new nickname nickname for him. I'm calling him Mr. Glass um, so that he will be now known as instead of plain clothes. I mean, that'll, that'll come out every once in a while, but he is Mr. Glass to me. Do wow. you care? Sam? No, I, I don't care. I, I care about the wasting legacy of LeBron James. Right, there you go. But he also needs to... I mean, this is a lot of mental errors that he's been making lately and like lack of focus. But who am I to question the focus? Yeah, he's not checked in. Who am I to question the focus of, you know, the most locked in guy since Mm -hmm. Michael Jordan? Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I just, you know, we've said we spent all last season, I feel like saying once they all get on the court together and get healthy, we did. It'll it'll be fine, and I just don't think it'll be fine. Nope, it won't. So, no. oh well. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, so I I don't care if that's if that is Good. the answer. That is that's a great great answer. Um, Sam, before Yo. we get out of here, you normally ask this question. I'm asking to you first. Uh, what are you looking forward to this upcoming weekend, man? Well, it's to watch uh, UFC. Pay-per-view. If you can stay awake. And the uh, NFL Combine, if I can find some time. Um, It's not watching the Knicks, so I'll tell you that. Maybe I'll I'll watch your – once Ben Simmons coming back, like, let's let's do this. Maybe I'll watch some Nets games. Steve Nash said he's not coming back this week, but Steve Steve Nash is also out because he's in uh, COVID protocol. So, I mean, (laughs) how can he tell us when 
somebody's coming back when he don't even know he's coming back. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's pretty interesting. Um, is that all you have to watch to watch or looking forward yeah, to this weekend? That's that's it. I know you got a good one. Well, I see I, it on the rundown. Yes, I put it on there so I didn't forget it because it's huge. Um, first is definitely UFC. Um, I will be watching as I normally do. Um, this time I actually will have a beer for it because I didn't last time. So, um, I'll definitely be watching to see what the Nets do as they push to try to move themselves back up, which is crazy to say that they went from being in the top two teams to now being the eight seed, which is absolutely wild to me. Um, excuse me, but I'm also really, 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 really looking forward to UNC at Duke and it's coach K's last time in the rivalry. I'm hearing that tickets are up to certain tickets sold for $7,500, um, which is wild. Um, where is it? Is, is that Cameron? Yeah. Yeah. It's last game there. Uh, last game in the rivalry there. Um, it's just so crazy to, to even say that to me, uh, to say that out loud or for anybody to hear me say that out loud is that this is his last game against the UFC, uh, UNC, excuse me, and Cameron Stadium. Um, that's he is as all I've known is him being the face on the opposite end of my favorite team all the time. Uh, and that's pretty crazy. It's been him. It was Roy Williams. Um, and just watching that rivalry for so long and the names that have come out of that, the Kyrie's, the Jordans, the, the Sam Perkins, the Rashid's, the Vince Carter's, the Jay Williams, JJ Reddick's, uh, Austin, Austin Rivers, so on. So like so many crazy names that have come out of that. And this is going to be the last one with coach K on the bench for Duke. So salute to you, coach K. Um, you are easily a first ballot Hall of Famer in any college, NBA, uh, international. Um, that's referring to the Olympics. You are that guy and you are the coach that any team should want and aspire to have as a head coach. Uh, you've been phenomenal. You've been a men, a men amongst men uh, teaching these young men how to be real men and beyond and hearing how the brotherhood always comes back and would talk to coach K and what he meant to them uh, is huge. Uh, so he set up a lot of people to have a great career beyond basketball and be great men. So I tip my hat to you, sir. I wish you nothing but the best. I hope you have a wonderful uh, retirement and I hope Duke does not have another great coach like you for like 20 years. Thank you. <laughs> it's a hell of a send off for yeah. uh, coach K. Yes. He deserves it. Much he deserved deserve it. Much is it deserved for sure. Um, hey, uh, that's a that was our show. Yes, Thanks it was. Uh, yes, great it was. show, Hayes. You Thank put you the show together. Great show. I try. I, I may have done this maybe once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> so for Brandon, my name is Sam. Thanks so much for listening to the Chasing Points podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can check us out online at uh, chasingpointspodcast.com. So uh, stay safe, everyone. Take care of yourself. Have a great day. Uh, Sam spoke about it, and I think this is a perfect time to have a little fun with everything that's going on uh, in the world. So first and foremost, I'll say uh, I'm sending my love to the innocent people in Ukraine uh, and everything that is going on there. If there's a way that you can support, I mean, by all means, do so. Uh, whichever way you feel is best. Uh, but I, I pray to never and hope this stops soon. I hate hearing innocent people are, are being lost for, for nothing. Um, so I hope that that turns around, but St. Patty's day is coming up very, very soon. Um, <clears throat> when's St. Patty's day again, Sam? I believe it's March 17th. Okay. Um, I'm just going to give the, the the prerequisite to this because i guess people are going to go out and get hammered this weekend because i know a lot of parades happen like a week before stuff like that it's a month-long party yeah pretty I'm much sure. um one hydrate okay a lot of water uh for those that don't know the secret to life is pedialyte okay when you're drinking 
Go get Pedialyte. Get two of them. So when you go home, you chug that. Wake up in the morning, feel like a brand new human being. It gets, it's got electrolytes in it. It gives you things in your body, makes you all good, right? Two, before you leave the house, make sure you have a hefty breakfast. Uh, it may come up depending on how much drinking as you do. Uh, but that is up to you. I'm just trying to have you create a base. So, you know, so you don't just in the first leg of the, the day, you, you know, you kick the can. Um, three, uh, there is a lot of police presence uh, in, at these parades. Don't be stupid uh, and do stupid things like drink with open containers or act belligerent or be unaware of your surroundings. There's, there's normally kids at these parades with families. Don't do stupid things. If you're going to do stupid things, stay at a friend's house and do it there where you're not going to get caught. Um, and for just overall, be safe and don't be idiots. Like this St. Patty's Day comes around every year. People always get hurt. People always do stupid things. I've watched it. Be safe. Too much is going on. Enjoy yourself. Have a good time. I'll be having a Guinness for you guys as well, too. And on that note, I bid you guys adieu. Bye.